episode of the Word of God by M. In today's podcast, we are going to talk about the cross. We are going to see the cross from different perspectives. But above all, we are going to see how understanding what happened at the cross can transform your life and the life of your whole family. Crucifixion was an ancient method of execution whereby the condemned person was tied or nailed to a wooden cross, post or wall, and then left there until death. Crucifixion was widely used in the Roman Empire and neighboring Mediterranean cultures. This type of torture and execution was used by the Romans, according to some historians, until the year 337 after Christ. That is, after Christianity was legalized by Emperor Constantine, but before it became the sole and official religion of the empire in 380 after Christ by the Edict of Thessalonica. Crucifixion was considered the most humiliating way to die within the Roman Empire. Nailed to a post, half naked and exposed to the elements until starvation, wounds and suffocation ended the life of the, of the prisoner. In addition, both the clothes and belongings of the crucified could be claimed both by the centurion and by the soldiers of the execution group. It was a forbidden punishment for the true Roman citizen. Due to the humiliating character described, crucifixion was a banned practice for Roman citizens sentenced to death. Thus, in the event that a Roman citizen was sentenced to death, he first received the honorable death of beheading. In Jesus' case, the cross was planned by God from eternity, as the place where all your sins and those of all humankind would be atoned for through the death of the Messiah. When we go to the Bible, in particular to the Old Testament, we will see how in Psalm 22, there is a prophecy about the way in which the Messiah was going to die, right down to the wounds left on his hands and feet by being nailed to the cross. Let's examine verses 16 through 18. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are in display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. I want to remind you that this psalm was written by King David, and in no way did he die or experience the events described there. This psalm is purely prophetic and meant to describe what would be the death of Jesus Christ. When I mentioned earlier that God planned the cross as the place 
where the sins of all humanity would be paid, it was not in abstract sense. In fact, Psalm 22 confirms it. Now, I want us to take a journey from Jesus' trial in front of Pilate all the way to the moment of the crucifixion so that you can understand God's love for your life and how the cross constitutes the most wonderful gift of love that you will ever receive in your life. On the night he was arrested, Jesus was brought before an ass. Caiaphas and the assembly of religious leaders called the Sanhedrin. You can see all these facts in John chapter 18 verses 19 through 24 and the Gospel of Matthew chapter 26 verse 57. After this, he was brought before Pilate to the Roman governor, sent to Herod, and brought back again. You can check all these facts in Luke 23, verses 11 and 12. And at the very end, he was sentenced by the Roman governor to die. The trials of Jesus consisted of six events three of them in a religious court, and three before a Roman court. Jesus was tried before Anas, the outgoing high priest. Then, in front of Caiaphas, the acting high priest, and the Sanhedrin. He was accused in these ecclesiastical trials of blasphemy for claiming to be the son of of God and the Messiah. The trials before the Roman authorities began with the Roman governor, as shown in the Gospel of John, verse 23. After Jesus had been beaten, the charges brought against him were very different from the charges of his religious trials. He was accused of inciting the people to revolt, forbidding the people to pay taxes and claiming to be a king. But still, the Roman governor found no reason to kill Jesus, so he sent him to Herod, as shown in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verse 7. Herod ridiculized Jesus, but wanting to avoid political responsibility, he sent him back to the Roman governor. This was the last judgment. So the Roman governor had Jesus flogged, trying to appease the animosity of the Jews. The Jewish flogging was a terrible punishment, and possibly one of the worst in ancient history. It consisted of 39 lashes. In a final effort to free Jesus, the Roman governor offered that the prisoner 
Barabbas be crucified and Jesus released, but to no avail? The mob shouted, Barabbas to be released and Jesus crucified. The Roman governor granted their demand and handed Jesus over to them. After these trials, the way to the cross began as described in the Gospel of Mark from verses 29 to 39. A certain man called Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him, dividing up his clothes. They cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one in his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you, who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone run, fill a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offer it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top, top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Here, I want to draw your attention to several details that are often ignored and that make the cross the place where the before and after of our lives 
were written. Jesus was crucified in the middle of two thieves, and I want you to know that this detail was planned by God. Now, keep your own life experience in mind as we read the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verses 39 to 43. One of the criminals who hung their hurled insults at him, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourselves and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly. We are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, Today you will be with me in paradise. These two thieves represent the path that every human being will have before him. The thief who insulted Jesus represent those who have decided not to believe in Jesus Christ and have decided to lean on their own understanding. Those that think they're too smart to need Jesus in their lives. On the other hand, the other thief represents all those who have decided to believe in the miracle of the cross and accept that they're in that cross, Christ paid for our sins so that we can spend our eternity in heaven with him. Today, after making this brief journey to the cross with the purpose that you decide which road you're going to take, if you think you're too smart to accept Christ in your life, or if you are willing to accept in your heart the gift that God planned for you. I urge you, open your heart and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't already. Thank you for joining me in one more episode of the Word of God by M. Remember to send your comments and questions to our email, thewordofgodbym at gmail.com. And follow us on our Instagram at the Word of God by M. Thank you so much and hope to be again in a new podcast next week.